When He speaks to us, we have to keep it. When His Word abides in us, then right away we are abiding in His love. So just by saying amen to His speaking, the love will fill us, and we will find the prevailing way to love the Lord Jesus and abide in His love. Welcome to Life Study, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Life Study is a study of the Bible emphasizing life. Jesus said in John 6:63, The words I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. Life Study is the fruit of over 70 years of ministry by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Watchman Nee began this ministry in China in the 1920s and continued it until his imprisonment and eventual martyrdom. Witness Lee brought this ministry to the United States in 1962. Before we join Witness Lee with today's life study of the Gospel of John, we would like to give you our toll-free number through which you may obtain a free copy of today's message. That toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. Again, that's 1-888-543-3788. With us again on the program today is Francis Ball. Francis, since you've been associated with the Living Stream Ministry for over 30 years, I was wondering if, before we get into today's life study of John 15, if, if you could give us a little background, a history of this ministry, and how it traces back to Watchmanee in China. Well, uh, Witness Lee became a close co-worker of Watchmanee's beginning in about 1932. And hundreds of churches were raised up in China as a result of this ministry. Of course, we know that uh, Watchman Nee was a very gifted servant of the Lord and an avid reader of all the classical Christian writings. He actually devoured countless volumes and really considered that his ministry was standing on the shoulders of the great men of God throughout the church age. I should also point out that many of his books have become classics in the Christian church, the most notable, of course, being the normal Christian life. Well, Francis, the new book that Living Stream just released, The Overcoming Life, is closely related to the normal Christian life, isn't it? That's right. The messages that formed uh, the overcoming life were actually given prior to those of the normal Christian life and can be considered as the foundation of the latter book. It's also uh, interesting to note the scope of Watchman Nee's ministry. He was from China, but spoke the messages for the normal Christian life in England in 1938. And the first printing of the book took place in Bombay, India in 1957. It sold over a million copies all over the world. So this ministry has been a source of spiritual nourishment for the body of Christ throughout the whole earth. You know, in the late 1800s and the early part of this century, a lot of Western and European missionaries sacrificed everything for the spread of the gospel in China. And many, many were saved during that time and through their work. The Lord seems to have honored their sacrifice by raising up such a gift to His body as Watchman Nee. This is a real testimony to the reality of of the body of Christ. I would just add that anyone that has enjoyed and been helped by the book The Normal Christian Life 
would really benefit by this new volume, The Overcoming Life. You know, Francis, it seems that there may be a new generation of believers who are discovering Watchman Nee for the first time and the depth of the riches that continue to flow from his ministry. Well, we know that he spent the last 20 years of his life imprisoned in very harsh conditions in China. But the seeds of his ministry were sown and have borne much fruit to the glory of Christ. The ministry today of Witness Lee is really an extension and a continuation of that ministry that was begun by Watchman Nee. Thank you, Francis, for that history. It is our desire that the Lord would continue to bless His people over the whole earth with the continuation of Watchman Nee's ministry. Francis, maybe now you could introduce today's life study message of John 15 and give us a brief recap of our last broadcast and include anything that may have stood out to you in John 15. The very striking point in John 15 to me is the illustration of the vine and the branches. There's no other plant that could adequately illustrate the life flow that exists between the Lord and his believers. The Lord said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Could any other illustration make it more clear that what God is producing is an organism, not an organization? The I am here is Christ when he said, I am the vine. And the you are is that part of the vine known as branches. Christ the Son is the very center of God's economy. And he's also the embodiment of all the riches of the Father. The Father, we see as the husbandman, works himself into this vine. He is everything to this vine. He's the atmosphere. He's the water. He's the, he's the cultivating one. And what he's cultivating in this vine are all his riches. Eventually, the vine, which includes the branches, of course, expresses the Father in a corporate way, as a living organism. I like to repeat again, uh, this flowing of the Father's riches into this vine constitutes it a living organism. So with this illustration, we can see that the believers in Christ, individually, each one is a branch, but corporately, we are the church, the body of Christ. Through the expression of the Son with the Father, these branches bear fruit. Uh, this fruit-bearing is really the overflow of the riches of the inner life. Bringing people to Christ is not by some of our own effort, by our own working, nor by using schemes or gimmicks, but really the bearing fruit is by a continual enjoyment of Christ. Enjoyment of Christ is our life and even as everything to us. So we have seen already what's produced by the flowing of God's life within us is a divine organism which culminates in an organic fruit bearing. Now we need to see that what we need to do is just abide in the vine. Let's join Witness Lee for today's life study message of the Gospel of John. This matter of abiding is 
a crucial matter in chapter 15. All the things in chapter 15 depend upon this abiding. But listen to this. The real abiding depends upon what you know. But upon a clear vision. The real abiding depends upon a clear seeing. You see that you are the branch. When you see that you are the branch, it's hard for you to stay away. You will just remain there. And this remaining is the abiding. Don't try to abide. The more you try to abide, the more you will fall away. But it is so good that if you would pray, Lord, show me the vision. Give me a clear seeing that I am one of the branches. I do believe one day the Lord will show you. You will see that you are one of the branches. Then you will say, praise the Lord, I am one of the branches. Then you abide. As long as you abide in him, I tell you, he abides in you. His abiding depends upon our abiding. Our abiding is a condition to his abiding. So here he says, abide in me and I in you. If we abide in him, be sure he is abiding in us. If we don't abide in him, I tell you, we just would not afford a condition that he may abide in us. His abiding depends upon our abiding. This mutual abiding will bring forth the fruit. You may see the fact that you are a branch, but you need to keep or to maintain the fellowship between you and the vine. Any kind of insulation could what? Could separate you from the rich supply of the vine tree. Just a little disobedience. Just a little sinful thing. Just a little sinful thought. If you would not condemn, if you would not give up, rather you would keep there, I tell you, that little sinful thing will become an insulation. That will insulate you from the rich supply of the wine tree. Firstly, you have to see that you are a branch. And secondly, you have to maintain the condition of fellowship. Nothing between you and the Lord should exist. By experiences, we all know this. Just little thing. There's no need to have a big, big thing. Just little thing can insulate you 
from the rich supply of the vine tree. Let's pause here if we could for a moment. Francis, in witnessly sharing on the mutual abiding as seen in the vine tree, two aspects are brought out. The objective fact that Christ is in us, and of course, we know that He can never leave us. But the focus here today seems to be more on the experiential side and how His abiding in us experientially is conditioned upon our abiding in Him. Could you explain how these two aspects are related? Yes, uh, these verses do make it very clear by saying over and over, Abide in me, and I in you, for example. And another verse, Unless you abide in me. And then further he says, He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. At least these three times he puts the abiding, our abiding in him, before his abiding in us. And this shows that uh, his abiding in us is conditioned by our abiding in Him. If we don't remain in Him, then how can He work and remain and abide in us? To abide means to remain, to move, to keep on staying there. So in all these statements, He puts our abiding in Him as a condition. Of course, we all know from other passages in the Bible that once the Lord comes into us to be our life, He will never leave us. This is a marvelous matter, but this is not the matter that we're on in this chapter. Here, the abiding is related to fruit-bearing and of staying in fellowship with the other branches. When we abide, that is, uh, when we stay in the enjoyment of the riches of Christ as our life, and we fellowship with other Christians, we open the way for Christ to abide in us. When we don't remain as a branch in the vine, we will be cut off from the fellowship. Now, this fellowship is like the life juice of the vine flowing within the branches. This isn't a matter of being saved or lost, but rather a matter of the fellowship of the divine life which flows in the vine. This chapter is not about being saved eternally or perishing eternally. No, it's talking about the experiential enjoyment of the riches of Christ and the fellowship with the other believers and also the fulfilling of God's eternal economy. Now let's go back to Witness Lee. Yes, we are bad in him and he are bad in us. But many, many times we don't give him the space, the ground. He likes to spread his abiding within us. But we like to narrow down his abiding. In other words, we like to restrict. You see, there is always a very gentle struggling between the abiding Christ and us. Something you know, restricting the abiding Christ. Christ abiding is gradually spreading. You know the story. Gradually, gradually, the abiding Christ lacks to get more space, more ground, inch by inch. Sometimes the struggling 
has been just for one inch. Christ like to get one more inch. You like to restrict him one more inch. There is always a bargain. If you don't have any bargain, you must be a wonderful top Christian in the third heavens. <laughs> Probably even today, many of us did have some bargain with the Lord. We all have shouted. We all have been ruined by Him. That's right. But still within us. Lord Jesus, I just give you this much. Oh Lord, have mercy upon me. I can't afford to give you more space. Lord, just be patient for some time. And wait till I wake up. Till I be ready. I may give you another half inch. But Lord, stay where you are. I know you don't have a clear prayer like this. But you know, many times you did have something within you like this. Why so many of us are growing so scarcely? Just because we wouldn't let him spread in us. Yes, no insulation, but too much limitation. We know this story. It's quite a delicate thing. This matter of biting is very delicate and very tender. But keep in mind, you have to take care of the two things. You shouldn't have any insulation, neither any limitation. I tell you, to get rid of the insulation is rather either. But to take away all the limitation, I am afraid even tonight, not many of us are ready to say this. We are not ready. Praise the Lord, he is patient. He is so patient. He is kind. He is waiting. And he will never leave you. The most he is just turning his face aside. That's all he would do. But he would be still there. Just look to him for mercy and grace that you would always give him the ground, give him the space. Let him have more ground. Let him expand. Let him spread within you into every corner, every avenue of your inner being. This is the way to have the growth. Well, Francis, in the first section, we saw how sins or other hidden things can insulate us from the abiding Christ. But now in this section, we've seen something about our restricting his growth or spread in us. What is the difference in our experience? I believe it's easy for us, most of us believers in Christ, to have received the forgiveness of our sins, have been washed by the Savior's blood, to realize that sins, big or small, or a sinful act, or even a sinful thought, does insulate us from the rich supply of the life of the vine, the divine life within us. But sometimes, even quite often, we not only have some insulation, but we also draw back from giving the Lord the room that He wants to uh, abide in us 
that is to spread himself into us. His abiding in us is really his spreading. He wants to spread his his life into us, into our inner being, into our mind, into our emotion, and into our will. But when the Lord wants to spread into our thinking, we often will not give up our own way of thinking. So he's hampered, he's restricted, he's not able to move into us to the extent that he wants to. He wants to spread also into our feelings, but we insist of keeping our own feelings about things. We just restrict him and don't allow him the room to, to grow in us. We just won't give up. And sometimes we even argue or we bargain with him. We say, if you do this, then I will give in. But this is not giving the Lord the freedom to make his home in our hearts. This is what he really wants to do. So too often we keep the ground for ourselves. But if we give him the ground, he will grow in us and spread into every corner of our living. Now let's rejoin Witness Lee. To let the sin's instant words abide in us. This is more demanding. Firstly, the sin would spread his abiding in us. Secondly, as he is abiding in us, he is always speaking. And this speaking is always a kind of rima, instant word. Mostly no this, no that. Not only no, but sometimes <laughs> a kind of a requirement, a kind of demanding. You see, now you must love him and Keep his instant word. Listen. Firstly, we abide in him and he abides in us. Then gradually, his word will abide in us and we will abide in his love. Firstly, we abide in him. Then we abide in his love. Firstly, he abides in us. Then his word abides in us. Firstly, he deals with us just by himself, being himself. Gradually, he deals with us not by himself, being himself, but by his word and by his love. It's quite meaningful. I say again, firstly, we abide in him, then gradually, we abide in his love. Firstly, we let him abide in us, and gradually we let his word abide in us. Let me uh, illustrate this a little bit to you. Say, we two are friends. I am a friend to him, and his friend to me. You know, gradually in this friendship, I have to take his word. You see, it is no more just him, but his word. If I won't care for his word, I will lose the friendship. And then gradually, what? Gradually, I have to be in his love. This means what? This means if I would care for his word, I would be in his love. And then the friendship will be more deep and more intimate and more 
intensified. Otherwise, if I don't care for his word, I will not be in his love intimately, and eventually I will lose the friendship. If you let him abide in you, he always speaks to you. He always speaks to you. Okay, when he speaks, you have to say, Amen, Lord. I love you. When you would say, Amen, and keep his word, I tell you, right away, you get into his love. You do have the sweet sensation that he is so dear, so precious, so lovely to you. Then you would abide not only in him, but also in his love. And this is something deeper, something richer, something intensified, something more intimate. Then what? Then no doubt your cluster of fruits will be added because you will be so filled up with all his riches and the overflow of the abundance of life will be so prevailing to bear more fruit. Then God the Father in the Son will be expressed. I tell you, this is the abiding in chapter 15. Now we have the third component of the abiding, and that is his inner speaking that accompanies his abiding. How does this experience lead us from abiding in him to abiding in his love? Well, to abide in him is just to remain in what we have seen. First, we realize that we have to see that we are a branch in the vine. So when we see this, There we like to let him spread into our inner being to be our life and to become more intimate with us and give us a deeper sense of his abiding, our abiding in him and his abiding in us. So for him to accomplish this, to make our our mutual abiding more intimate and more real, he speaks to us. And this, of course, is his speaking in his word, And also, it's his speaking in his instant word. In the Bible, the word is rhema. That means he speaks instantly in us about some matter or something or about something we've done or haven't done. That's his instant word to us. And this makes our relationship more mutual, more his abiding in us. So he speaks a lot to us so he can abide more into our whole being. Whatever our circumstances are, whether we've had a good day or a bad day, even whether we have a good marriage or problems in our marriage, he will speak to us. He's not concerned about how good the day is. He's concerned about his speaking being received in our inner being. When he speaks to us, we have to keep it. That is, we have to let his word abide in us. When his word abides in us, then right away, We are abiding in his love. Abiding in the word means that we're brought into abiding in his love. This abiding becomes more and more intimate, deeper, and even more intensified. So just by saying amen to his speaking, we will abide in his love. The love will fill us, and we will find the prevailing way to love the Lord Jesus and abide in his love. Thank you, Francis. We appreciate the fellowship. 
If you would like a free copy of today's Life Study message, call toll-free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or write us at Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or visit us at our website at www.lsm.org. Our number again is one 888 Life Study. Thank you for listening.